This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hi, Shira. Welcome to The Law School Show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. To all our listeners who don't know who our guest is today, Shira Kalfa is the founding partner of Kalfa Law, a corporate commercial and tax law firm based in Toronto. In today's episode, we'll explore what it might be like to operate a law firm during the COVID-19 pandemic, and we'll obtain some insight into the reality of managing your own law firm. So Shira, just to to get this episode started off, um, I just wanted to ask you kind of where your journey started in in the legal profession. So I would say my journey started um, pretty typical of any law student in the, what is it called, the OCI process. I try and forget it because I remember it was just a nightmare. But yes, no, so it started in in that typical um, way that we all start out. And I, um, after the OCI process, I got a job at one of the largest firms in central Ontario. And I worked there for about, I would say, a year and a half or so. Um, and then I realized that I hated it and, um, I knew everything that I didn't want to do. So I left that firm and I went to go actually work in tax. Um, the first firm I worked in the corporate commercial department. Um, and then I I went to go work for a tax law firm in, in downtown Toronto doing exclusively tax litigation. Um, And then from there, I went and opened up my own practice about two years ago now. Beautiful. Wow. That's that's the dream of so many of us law students, honestly. Is it to open up your own practice? Yeah, yeah. I've heard so many students uh, say that that's really where they seem to be passionate about. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's exciting to have someone like you tell us a little bit about it and perhaps warn us of some shortcomings that we're not aware of as law students. Yeah, I mean, I think it really takes a certain type of personality. Um, it's it's so much work, right? If I compare it to my first or my second position um, in a law firm, and I thought I was working long hours then, it's the same but worse because you have no time off. Um, there's no vacation, right? I go away on vacation. I'm working the whole time. I'm on my phone the whole time. I'm doing consults. You don't get a day off. I used to work seven days a week. Um, because you're not just a lawyer, but you're also a business owner and you're an employer and you have to handle marketing and payroll and, uh, you know, the whole gamut. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of work, but for some people like myself, I love it and I would never go back and, um, you eat what you kill. So there's a certain sense of control and pride that you have, um, and um, just ownership over your own destiny. I know it sounds cliche. Mm-hmm. I guess a, a lot of students then just see it as a, as an opportunity to be your own boss and don't realize how much work it really uh, comes Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that either. Um, it's certainly a lot of work. And have you found, have you found then that the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed uh 
the amount of work or the way that you work and operate? The, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it certainly changed the way that we work because we're all working from home now. I have nine employees all working from home. Um, and it's affected our business, I want to say somewhat considerably, not, not as bad as some other businesses. Um, because we're business lawyers, we're tied to the economy. All of our clients are businesses. So if there's no deals, which is what we colloquial, colloquially call um, transactions, right? Purchase and sale transactions, then there's no work for us. And so, um, you know, we've we've definitely taken a hit. We see we're probably working at maybe 50, 60 percent capacity. Wow. OK, so it really has impacted the uh, the business side of. Oh, yeah. yeah. In terms of the the transitional or the practical transitions in light of the pandemic, did it take a while to adapt to this new reality for the firm? Um, actually, no. So we're a young firm. Um, I think I'm the oldest person at the firm and I'm in my kind of like mid 30s. So we're relatively young, um, all staff and all lawyers. And um, we've employed software systems from the get go. Um, and so we are fortunate that when we moved remotely, it was a little bit seamless because we were able to use all of our software systems, which are all cloud software systems with no issue. Um, where I know the older type of law firms, I don't know if any law students have yet worked in law firms, but the older software is PC Law or um, what's that one called? I think it's called uh, LexisNexis Time Matters or... Um, I forget the other ones, but they're like the old antiquated billing and practice management software systems. And those are not cloud software systems. Um, and those are really the, the systems that most older, more established law firm is using. But any younger law firm or new law firm are all using these cloud-based softwares like Clio, Practice Panther, Amicus Attorney, um, Cosmolex. Do you foresee then that this pandemic might really push the legal industry to a, a, a digital oh, for sure. trend? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm able to see the other law firms that were able to um, seamlessly work from home like we were are the younger law firms and use the same software programs that we use. And it's the older ones that are having significant difficulty adjusting and um, are still relying on on hard software on their systems and, you know, printing documents and couriering documents. And so I definitely think it's going to cause a lot of law firms to relook at how they run their practice. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm, I'm also wondering, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are curious to know whether the, the relationship between the firm and the clients has, has been impacted considering both the amount of time that clients have on their hands to check in on work and, and also for the firm to be there for clients? So we, because we're, we're business and tax lawyers, um, we have a huge number of small business clients. And so they were all turning to us for guidance on what do they do? Are they bound by their contracts? Can they trigger the force majeure provision? Uh, is their contract frustrated if there's no force majeure provision? Um, what are the implications? What how would this turn out in court if it spins out to litigation? What's the jurisprudence? Um, what's the guidance with respect to Canada's stimulus package, right? As business owners, how do they access it? This new 75% wage subsidy. So 
are inundated with all these questions. And I personally, um, I am providing this guidance to our clients for free and not sending them a bill. <clears throat> I know that we're all in this very unusual, unprecedented time right now. And so if I have some information that I can help them with respect to, um, you know, the government stimulus plans or what have you, I'm happy to, to get on the phone with them. And I've been spending a ton of time just kind of going over contracts, um, providing advice with respect to uh, frustration or, or things like that, and just trying to help them out because, you know, everyone's hurting, especially our small business clients. And so do you foresee any real short-term impacts on, on the entire industry coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic? It's hard to say. It's hard to forecast because, again, this is a little bit unprecedented or a lot of it unprecedented. Um, so it's impossible to say and it's impossible to forecast how a court is going to assess these claims. But from the people I've been speaking with, definitely we anticipate a lot of litigation. Um, no one can pay their bills, no one can pay their suppliers, no one can pay their rent in a commercial context. And so I, I can only imagine the amount of litigation that's going to ensue. Very interesting. I guess this pandemic will likely lead to a variety of different legal disputes resulting in litigation. Do you have any insight, perhaps, or a prediction as to how the court will procedurally adjust to the reality of COVID-19? You know what? I don't know. I am a solicitor, not a litigator. And so I am completely out of touch with the rules of civil procedure, right? Predominantly, we buy and sell businesses, mergers and acquisitions, things like that. So I really can't answer that question because I just don't know. I guess then it's important to remember that COVID-19 really impacts every practice area very differently to some degree. Yeah. I mean, on that note, um, it really depends what kind of lawyer you are. So I have some friends who are employment lawyers and business is booming. Mm. They're representing employees for, you know, I'm using air quotes and improperly, unlawfully laid off. Um, or they're representing employers wanting, you know, with respect to guidance or advisory compliance. How do we navigate this new uh, situation that we're in? Um, and bankruptcy and insolvency lawyers are also having a ton of work right now. So it really depends on what kind of lawyer you are. Um, as I said before, we're business lawyers, so we're kind of tied to the economy. If there's no business, there's really no work for us to do, right? There's no merger, there's no acquisition, right? Going on right now. Um, and so I think for litigants, there might not be much work right now, but just wait until the measures are lifted and litigation ensues with respect to all of these breached contracts. I think it'll be a lot of work for them. And and so coming out of this pandemic, hopefully in the near future, as opposed to the uh, long term, do you have, as an employer at least, do you have any tips for, for students yeah. and our listeners to work on their um, ability or their resume throughout the summer when they're stuck at home, um, kind of looking at the walls? Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine how it is for students. Um my heart goes out because I know when I went through the articling process, we had the kind of quote unquote articling crisis. I think my year might've been the first year that they uh, introduced what's it called the, the LPP or whatnot, the other avenue to, to getting calls. In any event, my point is to say that I know how difficult it was at that time to find a summer job, to find an articling position. 
and you kind of you, you needed it, right? You needed it to further your career. And so I can't imagine what's going on right now with students who are unable to find any positions, um, or particularly those students who are to be called or about to article um, and can't find any of those positions. But um, with respect to summer students, I mean, just try and do something in the legal industry. I remember when I went through the OCI process, and I think I mentioned this to you, Ocean, previously, that um, I do re recall they will ask you, why did you do that in the summer? You know, if you chose to, um, I don't know, I used to be a bartender many, many years ago. If I chose to bartend in the summer of law school, they would ask you, why? Why are you not working for a law firm? Um, and so, yes, it looks good on you that you're working, but they really do look at what look at what industry you're working in and how that's furthering your career. And so I would say um, try and, and get involved somehow in the legal industry, um, in politics, if at all, contact law firms and say, hey, I'm a law student. Um, I know you're probably not hiring, but maybe there's something I can do on a volunteer basis. I can write blogs. I can assist with research. Um, just try and offer your services uh, on a you know volunteer basis to a law firm, just so you can put that in your resume, so it doesn't look like a complete gap in time, and so that you know it, it's not lost because they do the firms do look at how you've spent your summers, and and I'm sure they will ask the question, what did you do the summer of COVID? So I guess this is really the summer to uh, put the thinking cap on try to find some sort of creative initiatives to uh, get involved with, even if they're just some sort of part-time volunteer related initiatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll speak to your character, right? So think from their perspective. I know if I was interviewing and it was a year from now and I said to a law student, what'd you do? And their answer was, oh, we can do anything. It was lockdown versus another student who said, I reached out to every law firm in my area and I offered my services and I wrote blogs um, I assisted with research or I, you know, whatever task they, they provided. Um, it really does show initiative and it shows character and it shows a strong work ethic. That's really valuable insight for all of us students mm -hmm. listening right now. Considering COVID is really impacting everyone equally, it's really the opportunity for students to showcase their creativity in finding solutions to challenges and making the best of a uh, situation. Mm -hmm. Well, Shira, thank you so much for coming onto the show today and sharing your insight into the impact of COVID-19 on the legal industry and, and your firm specifically. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in and listening to our podcast with Shira Kalfa, the founding partner of Kalfa Law. And we wish everybody the best of luck this summer navigating through this new reality. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and now on Spotify, or on our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter for the latest updates. Human stories, new legal topics, and career-advancing advice right to your earbuds. Catch it all here, next time on The Law School Show.